following audio is from St. Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer and participation in your local church. For more information about St. Nick's Durham, directions or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Our Bible reading today comes from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. 12. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there, thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now I will pray for Lydia as she comes up. Father, I thank you for Lydia, and I pray that you would open our ears to hear what you have placed on her heart. Amen. Thank you. Good evening. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds to receive your word this evening. Amen. So, Mark chapter 2. We have one story. We have a return. We have a crowd. We have a paralyzed man. We have faithful friends. We have a hole in the roof. I mean, in our story, for those heads who have just looked up. There is controversy. There is healing. There is opposition. There is forgiveness. There is alleged blasphemy. In today's episode of EastEnders, sorry, in today's passage from Mark's Gospel, Mark is talking about Jesus. But Jesus who? Jesus the prophet. Jesus the teacher, Jesus the carpenter, Jesus Mary's son? Well, yes, is the short answer, but the long answer, because otherwise this would be a very brief sermon, is that it's about who else Jesus is. A Jesus we don't know yet. A Jesus many can't yet believe in. So who is Jesus, really? Any guesses? Well, the Jesus we've encountered so far in Mark's Gospel is a Jesus who we're still trying to figure out. Mark is telling us something new. Is this a Jesus who is going to surprise us? 
Today in our passage, Jesus has returned to Capernaum. He has just been on tour of the synagogues and he's back. I can picture it now. A big sign in neon letters. Jesus of Nazareth on tour of the synagogues. Come see Jesus in a synagogue near you. And so after touring the synagogues, the news that Jesus has returned to Capernaum breaks out abroad. The doors of the house that Jesus is staying in are opened. This is an open invitation. Anyone can come in, anyone can go out. And so to no surprise for a man who's just been on tour, people come in and in very large crowds. We can imagine just how crowded it is. There are people next to you, people behind you, people in front of you. People are stepping on your toes. Jesus is about to preach. The crowds are excited. The room is buzzing. You can hear the hustle and bustle. It's joyful. It's wild. Something wonderful is about to happen. Let's call it a Newcastle match day. And then Jesus begins to preach. Jesus is preaching and the crowds are eager to know what he says next. They are hanging on to every word he says and listening to his sermon attentively. I said they are hanging on to every word he says and listening to his sermon attentively. And then, all of a sudden, noise begins to come from above. Straw begins falling into the room light beams through and heads in the crowd start to look up one by one then suddenly people see a a man is being lowered into the house from the roof our passage tells us that the friends carrying the man couldn't get to jesus because of the crowd Actually, in the always entertaining King James Version, it says the friends couldn't get to Jesus because of the press. I didn't actually realize there was such a big problem with the paparazzi back in Mark's day. But anyway, the friends lower him to Jesus in the midst of a jam-packed house. Heads begin to look. People begin to mutter. What is going on? Why have these people interrupted Jesus? Why have they made a hole in the roof? What could possibly be so important? And then people start to realize that this man is paralyzed and his friends are in desperate need of help. They are begging Jesus to heal this man. The crowds go silent. What will Jesus do next? Well, when Jesus sees them, he doesn't reproach them for the roof they just made a hole in, but rather Jesus is amazed with their faith. And this is surprising. Is this God going beyond what we ask for? Jesus notices their willingness to do something outrageous because they have such trust that he will be able to help. 
And Jesus acts with no moment's thought, with no pause to do something else, and no outrage at the roof being obliterated, but rather with an immediate response of forgiveness. We may expect Jesus to heal this man, but Jesus goes beyond this and he says, Son, your sins are forgiven. This is a striking point in our passage because so far in Mark's gospel, we've already witnessed Jesus healing many, Jesus healing a man with leprosy, and now the friends of a paralyzed man are coming to Jesus asking for healing. So when Jesus says to them, your sins are forgiven, this is something new. This is surprising. This is not what we were expecting. Do we see what's going on here? Mark seems to be illustrating something that goes beyond physical healing. He's talking about Jesus' authority to forgive sins and reconcile people to God. Now you might be sitting here thinking, but hold on a minute forgiven of his sins, but he only wanted to be healed. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, when we were in the midst of a pandemic, did Boris Johnson come on our TVs to tell us how many cases of forgiveness had happened that day? Spoiler alert, this didn't actually happen. So what is Jesus talking about? Why is he demonstrating forgiveness? Where is Mark going with this story? Well, in Greek, the word forgive literally means to send away. It's to send a person's sins off into a faraway place that we don't want to and don't need to return to. Let's call it Sunderland. And so in our passage, the friends take the paralyzed man and their faith and they hand it all over to Jesus. And Jesus, without hesitation, responds with open arms. He takes all of our shame, our guilt, and our burdens, and he forgives us. Jesus did not doubt what he was going to do next, but he immediately forgives the man, because this is Jesus. This is Jesus who is ready and waiting. Our reading is about the God who is ready and waiting. And what God does next is surprising. What God does next is unexpected. And what God does next is truly amazing. However, first, in verse 6... Mark tells us that there were some teachers of the law that weren't quite on board with all of this forgiveness talk. These teachers of the law were sitting there thinking quietly to themselves, honestly, what on earth is this Jesus guy doing? Who does he think he is? Only God is able to forgive sins. When Jesus realizes what they're thinking, and asks them, 
Why are you thinking these things? He asks them whether it's easier to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. And then Jesus says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So Jesus says to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And what happens? The man gets up, he takes his mat, and he walks home. This man is healed. And this is interesting because yet again, Jesus surprises us. The teachers of the law are in uproar because they think Jesus is claiming to be God. This for them is blasphemy. And can we recognize that neither forgiving nor healing this man is easy? But our reading shows us that Jesus can do both and Jesus does both. Jesus heals this man's paralysis But the first thing he does is he forgives him. And did we catch that this man had done something wrong? Perhaps he'd done lots of things. Mark doesn't actually let us in on that. But we can only imagine that this man was either a thief, a fraudster, or worse, a Mackham. But whatever it was that this man had done, He was totally overridden with guilt, so much so that this is the first thing that Jesus notices. But Jesus doesn't seem bothered by what terrible crime he'd committed. All that Jesus cares about in this moment is forgiving him. Jesus wasn't saying, if you call the roofer, your sins will be forgiven. Nor does he say, I'll forgive your sins once I've finished my sermon. What he says is your sins are forgiven already. This man's sins are already forgiven. Because Jesus sees that this man has sinned and he cares because it creates a barrier between him and God just as it does between us and God. And I think our story is encouraging us to see that Jesus breaks down that barrier faster than the friends could break down the roof. I mean, it's quite literally in a matter of seconds that this man is forgiven. It's worth noting that at this time, it was a widespread belief that illness was the result of sin. And it turns out nowhere in our passage does Jesus endorse this view, but rather he works with it to challenge the understanding of who he is. For Jesus to say, get up and walk, was to, in effect, say, you say that I have no authority to forgive sins, you believe this man is ill because he's a sinner, and you think he can't be cured until he's forgiven, well then, watch what I do next. 
Jesus goes along with their beliefs to make the claim that he hasn't come to condemn us, but rather he has come to rescue us. And so are we encouraged to recognize that Jesus has authority, but that this authority is used compassionately, generously, and non-negotiably? The claim of forgiving sins is a clear message that Jesus has authority over illness, he has authority over sin, and in the end, he has authority over death itself. And Mark isn't only telling us that Jesus can forgive sins and heal people, but our message goes beyond this. And I think this might be what Mark is getting at. In verse 12, we read that everyone was amazed. They praised God and said, we have never seen anything like this. And here's how I think Mark intends us to hear good news this evening. Mark is telling us that at those moments when we aren't sure how God will act, what God does next totally surpasses what we ask for. That what God does next is totally unexpected. That what God does next is what God knows we need, whether we know it or not. And that what God does next may make us proclaim, well, praise God, we have never seen anything like this. Because Jesus was claiming to do something that only God could do. And Jesus did it. And what this means to us, what this tells us, is that when we give our lives to Jesus, when we place our trust in Jesus, when we walk with Jesus, he gives us more than we could ever imagine. Jesus saw the paralyzed man's physical pain, but Jesus goes beyond this, and he sees past the man's paralysis, and he notices his invisible pain. And he does with us. Jesus knows what's in our hearts, regardless of what's going on externally. Jesus sees what's on the surface, but he also sees, how shall I put it, the behind the scenes. I don't think our passage is saying, Jesus notices you if you make a hole in the roof or if you're visibly suffering. But rather, Jesus is making the point that he notices you, even if you feel invisible, that he notices our pain, even if we can't face the pain ourselves. Jesus sees us for who we really are. He sees us and he knows us. He heals us and he forgives us. Jesus showed the teachers of the law that his power over disease and illness was tantamount to his authority to forgive sins. And let me remind you that they couldn't yet see that God was in fact doing something new right in front of their eyes. 
And so are we invited to wonder if Mark is encouraging us to open ourselves to what new thing God might be doing right now? Is God doing something surprising? Is God doing something beyond what we think we need? Is God doing something right now that we can't yet see? Because the Jesus that we encounter in our passage is the God who is constantly surprising us. This is the God who brings healing, the God who brings wholeness, the God who totally and completely transforms lives. We are encountering a Jesus who is more than a teacher, who is more than a prophet, and who is even more than a healer. A Jesus who does more. A Jesus who is more. Because this is Jesus. More than illness, more than pain, more than sin, more than oppression, more than fear, and even more than death. And the friends had such faith in who Jesus was that they overcame the crowds, they overlooked those opposing Jesus, and they broke through a roof in order to get to him. In other words, they were so convinced that whatever it took, they would get to Jesus because they believed wholeheartedly that Jesus was who he said he was. The friends believed that this was the God whom they could place their trust in. The trust and dependency that the friends place in Jesus is received with open arms from a God who loves us. This is about a God who is always on the move, working in every situation to bring light into darkness and hope to the hopeless. A God who will never close the door on us, a God who will never turn us away, a God who welcomes us into his house and invites us in, a God who pulls through when we least expect it, a God who surprises us, a God who holds our hand and heals our pain. Because through all the chaos, through the pandemonium of large crowds, through the stubborn opposers, through the torn roof and the ill man, through all of this, Jesus is saying, yo, you may be able to tell I'm rephrasing this, but Jesus is saying, yo, listen up, come to me, walk with me, trust me, in your brokenness, in your despair, in your pain, in your worries and your uncertainties. Take my hand, walk with me, follow me, trust me. That's it. No catches, no conditions, no caveats. Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Durham podcast. If you'd like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.